Welcome to the Uptown Community Podcast, where we see what we can learn, who we can get to know, and if we can understand each other and our neighborhood a little bit more. We thank the early friends of the Uptown Community Podcast. Papa Ray's and the Uptown Lounge. And who do I have the pleasure of speaking with today? Hi, Ben. I'm Ed Feldmanis. Ed, uh, it's nice to see you. I've seen you here before. We're at the Preston Bradley Center. Let's talk about more about where you are living now. You're living in Uptown? I am. Uh, I live in an intentional community called the Green Rise Community. It's a part of the Institute of Cultural Affairs, and the Institute is located at Lawrence and Sheridan in Uptown Chicago. Yeah, that's the south, southwest, southwest corner. Right. It's an eight-story white clad building yeah right on the corner it has more ornate kind of decorative things part of art deco i think it's a part of the chicago landmark uh, buildings and on top of the roof there are 485 solar cells wow okay yeah so um yeah very impressive environmental community there are a kind of a co-op or is there a difference there is a difference uh for example we would say we have a co-op cook but uh we are an intentional program of the institute of cultural affairs which is a little bit different okay okay and the institute of cultural affairs um today has more environmental um, justice um, around that, would you say? Yes. uh, The Institute is concerned with the underlying factors in what creates human community, uh, and they have recently facilitated a lot of groups coming together that are interested in green living. Uh, The building itself is called a living laboratory and on the back burners are blueprints of how this building will be restored and how it will be innovated into a place where it has zero emissions. will be a demonstration project and pretty soon uh, the first phase of the project I understand will be kicked off. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so that's a very cool building in Uptown and you are um, a cool person in (laughs) in Chicago or in Uptown. Um, And then we also know each other at the church. Let's Talk about more more of your roles, the, the different parts of of who you are. What kind of things do you do? Well, uh, 
I'm semi-retired. I was a talk therapist, what people would call a psychotherapist. I've written a book for couples called After the Wedding Cake, which took seven years to write. Uh, and I'm a member of People's Church where I'm on the board. I've lived in this community this time for over 20 years, and uh, this is the fourth time that I've lived in Chicago. Okay. All right. Um, you're not from Chicago? No. <laughs> Originally, I was born in Europe, but raised in Kentucky. So right. Chicago is a second hometown for me. Okay. Um, and you had a pretty big, um, you're involved in the ICA, the Institute of Cultural Affairs, the, the building that you live in that was um, an organization that, that was founded, when was that founded? I'm going to say uh, the Institute was founded in 1971. Its sister institute, called the Ecumenical Institute, however, was founded in 1963. It was a sister to the Ecumenical Institute in Europe. Okay. But, um, all right, so that was founded in the 70s, mm -hmm. and then I um, know that you were, were you there from day one? When, when, when did you start there? I started in uh, 1970. Uh, I, in 1971, I moved from Cleveland, Ohio, to the west side of Chicago, uh, living in what was then called and still is called the Fifth City Community. It's near Bethany Hospital. And then uh, eventually we moved to Uptown. Uh, during that period that I was with the Institute, I was in uh, a project in Taiwan, but I also did development work in Japan. I have uh, lived with and worked with the Institute in Cleveland, Chicago, Memphis, Houston, Fukushima, Japan. Okay. Um, yeah, so you've, you've been all over and had different um, aspects of your life. And so um, this is actually part of that um, second level of understanding that I'm using in the structured conversation, but you use uh, another structured conversation that has another word um, for how you, um, how you feel about different things. Yes, I think that's a good clue because uh, feelings either in someone else or in yourself are a big part of that second level. Also, a part of that is memory, what I recall, what I ex remember experiencing. Yeah, I, I think reflect and, um, yeah, looking at the different, different elements, different things that kind of come up in a conversation you're, are all things that you can kind of reflect. Right. Reflect so on. what you've done, Ben, is you've talked about the objective 
which is usually the start and the biggest question in life because it's the first question is what is it (laughs) (laughs) yeah people think that perhaps why it is or how it is or what's what it means might be the first question but actually that's sort of what throws people off the first question is the question about facts data and details and that's the objective level yeah yeah and now um, we've kind of reflected on some of your life and um, those different aspects so that's how I'm kind of in internalizing the the third part of a, the deeper thinking yeah. what, what, what were you call it exactly oh, interpretive interp yeah I yeah um, so, O-R-I-D, interpretive yeah. is the third level, right? Okay. So, yeah, I guess um, interpret is looking at a lot of different things and then how they, um, how one factor, if you look look at a graph, how what is causing your line to go up or down or um, looking at the connection of different data points. So, yeah. And, and, and we know it well because it's an obsession with all of our school teachers. It's an obsession with our professors. Uh-huh. They want to know how we interpret. We They want to know the meaning, value, purpose of something. Yeah. And uh, it sort of overrides the importance of the first two, and the first two get lost. So often there's not a full understanding of any context because objection, objective and reflective are so hugely important and that's what the interpretive rests on. Yeah. I th- um, yeah, I think I've tried to condense it sometimes for, um, I don't know, Josie came up from the kitchen downstairs at the Preston Bradley Center and so I asked her a really condensed question um, of what superhero do you most identify with? <laughs> That's um, kind of identifying the aspects of who you are and what's important. Or, um, it, well, it, it combines both of those things of who you are and the different parts of your life and then combines them into... Um, what is um, important. Um, So you can answer that question or you can answer um, the connections on your own. How would you connect the different parts of of your life? It's been a journey of surprise and mystery uh, where my intentions were good, but life created a different path. So uh, I find myself at the age of 73 being very grateful for what I've experienced, grateful that I have three wonderful daughters and five tremendous grandchildren. And at the same time, I realize there's so much left to be done and I have no clue whether I will have time in my life to do it but I'm still excited about the possibilities of doing more.
I I wanted to mention that in the method that you're using on the big picture uh, that method is best known as the method of scientific inquiry that what you're looking at is objective data and fact gathering you're looking at the relational reflective level where and how these things occur whatever it is that you're looking at then only after examining those two can there be a meaningful judgment or understanding of what's going on and then there's where does it leave us the conclusion uh, that's called decision decisional uh, without those steps the scientific method would also not be possible so uh, we grabbed the method of ORID right from the very heart of science and turned it into a conversational method, turned it into a planning method, turned it into an experiential journey. If When people learn this method, the one, two, three, four steps, it is often the first time that they regularly experience themselves looking at the deeps of life because going down those steps forces people to look before below the superficial to try to understand a more important picture and it may be for many people the first time that they regularly understand their own authenticity so uh, I would say that those levels are also a spiritual journey, a way of not only looking at your life, but seeing a bigger picture of life. Mm -hmm. And the Institute of Cultural Affairs was uh, doing that pretty regularly, right? Well, that's true. And actually, the idea and the approach was founded by its sister institute, the Ecumenical Institute of the United States. Uh, the idea was first born at Southern Methodist University in Texas, where a professor named Joe Matthews uh, helped formulate it because he wanted a way for students to have a fuller expression and a fuller understanding of what was going on. Uh, and he succeeded in creating that method as a dialogue with art, as a way of looking at movies, as a way of looking at events. And uh, now that method is used everywhere else in the world on all of the continents. So that um, kind of gets at the, the fourth aspect. Um, what is the D? Decision, decisional, yeah, yeah. But it is um, kind of getting back into um, the reality and practical ideas of of moving forward. Um, that you're y using Orid, um, you've used it um, since you've been at the Institute of Cultural Affairs, but you're um, and you're. Con 
you've used it for your book. You've we've talked about that before, um, and you continue to use it. Do you see it? Um, do you see it around you? Do you see other people using it? I guess I'm using it, but I I do. And the interesting thing is that there are people who have never been formally trained in it, but have acute, sharp minds with fast mental processes, and they automatically use that method. Uh, it's like um, being a holistic method, people who are thinkers fall into it automatically. And I think that's probably the background to how the method of scientific inquiry was created. Uh, it seems to be the kind of pattern that human beings understand when they're logically working, when they're doing critical thinking, when they're examining different parts of life. Do you see other places that you wish ORID would be would be used more? Yeah, I, I think uh, the classroom teachers, generally speaking, often uh, miss the boat because in their curriculum, as they look at books and the questions that are formulated for teachers, sometimes the thought process goes more to the interpretive, the meaning, purposeful level, uh, and the first two levels are often missed. So putting the first two levels back would give kids at school a context out of which to work. And uh, that being said, probably the understanding of context, the using of context, the expressing of contexts probably is the most important idea in communication. Would that fall in the third level, though? It would use all of the levels, Ben. Yeah. Okay. All of the levels would be involved. Right. Because okay. uh, that that's what undergirds context. And, you know, there are a lot of people who are communication majors but can't discuss the power and meaning of context. So, mm -hmm. yeah, there's a lot missing. Yeah. Okay. Um, what about Uptown? Let's do that for Uptown. What What do you observe in Uptown? Wow. Uptown is a dynamic place where things are changing every day. The community of homeless people here in Uptown has shrunk, and yet uh, there's still need here. And uh, new uh, residents are moving in who don't have the context of what a holistic or a primal or a functioning community is. So the challenge in Uptown is what makes this community vital? What's the importance of continuing some sense of community in Uptown? And what does it mean to have a diverse and integrated community in Uptown? So the number one question is, what is community and how does it work? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. We, 
uptown is a neighborhood within Chicago, but it's a collection of people and it's it's a neighborhood. Yeah. And then um so you had you had talked about the different different people here as far as the people that have been here, the people that are um that don't have the resources and um, the homeless population and newer newer populations, younger generations, but then the connections that um, the younger generations that might come in or the new people that are moving here, they don't see all of the context of why there are um, why there is a shelter here, why that there are, what what's the context of this neighborhood and uh, or why the Uptown Theater isn't um, open right now or um, why we might need some more affordable housing and not the um, expensive high-rises that kind of continue to pop up right and and the excitement of the uptown is that it's 60,000 people mm -hmm. which is bigger than a lot of small towns in the United States uh, it, 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 it's an energy place where many different races mix and cross and interact and the excitement of it is like a small United Nations yeah so there's a lot of connections that um, we can kind of put together for our our third level what would be the, the fourth level it is um, not necessarily looking into the future although it some t uh, can be sometimes but more um, practical ideas um, and I, th I think we've been talking about community and the ideas of connecting the different elements within Uptown and how those can influence um, how we how we can move forward and how we can build a community um, to grow um, and embrace the potential of the community uh, so I think I think Uptown has a potential oh yeah uh, it does. Uh, it is struggling with the rest of Chicago as to what it means to have people from all economic levels to live in one community. It has great resources. The lake is a magnet, a draw for people. And so Uptown sits just west of the lake and uh, orients itself often to the lake which is an unbelievably great resource here in Chicago and uptown so there's a lot to be said about the future yeah yeah what do you think about the environmental impacts that we're looking at with the the lake is rising eroding some of the beach and um, yeah so there's challenges in the there future. There are challenges that invite action, action now. Yeah. And the little things we as 
individuals can do are important and the things that we can do together, whether it's at the community level or whether it's with political will to change what's going on, are all important. We are being called to dedicate ourselves to building the earth so it's sustainable for the next generations. And yet uh, we know that the fight against pollution is such a huge fight that we don't know when we will get all of that in hand. Uh, it, it's a crisis now and it will be a continuing challenge to all of us. Yeah, there's a lot of important things to consider on and I, I think the discussions um, to be had are important and so um, I want to recognize you as an important person and thank you for joining us today on the Uptown Community Podcast. Ben, it's been a pleasure. If you haven't already, please subscribe. Uh, you can do that on iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts and I think Spotify. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram for updates and such as events like uh, volunteering at Two Little Fishes program. It'll pick up back in April. Thank you for listening. I hope everybody is safe. And I'll get some Preston Bradley episodes out shortly so we can have some things to listen to. Thank you. As a project of the People's Church, the Uptown Community Podcast celebrates the expression of creativity, love, and humanity.